Aloha, and welcome to episode 23 of season two of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes, and no, we're not in Hawaii at the moment. <laughs> Desperately wish we were. Yes. <laughs> Somebody just came back from Hawaii. I just, we just came back two days ago. And it was not me. And it was not cold. <laughs> So, bit of a bit of a shock to the system. It was Mark, a, how a are shock to the how the hell are you? I'm okay. Awesome. If you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe, exactly, and send mail at connect to podcast at gmail dot com. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So. So. Um, oh, we have coffee. We always have coffee. And today's coffee is called Basecamp. I thought you would oh, appreciate I that. Oh, I appreciate that very much. Basecamp 1? No, just Basecamp. <laughs> and uh, wh where's it from? It's from Calgary. Calgary. Rosso Coffee Roasters. Mm. It's from Indonesia and Burundi. Right. And it is, the process is washed. Should have tasty notes of dark chocolate and molasses. Mm. No, I had some, so there's two things. I, I uh, yeah. changed, uh, I changed my grinder. I have a different grinder today. Oh yes. It's, um, and it's funny because the grind is coarser, but the coffee tastes better. So I think I have to switch my other, fix my other grinder. Anyway, it's long, complicated. I learned about grinders. <laughs> so you immediately got a new one. Well, I got a new one for a reason and I'll talk about that. Okay. But do you have a dad joke? <laughs> yeah, stupid one. But what's the sexiest mountain in Hawaii? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, I want a Leah. Nice. <laughs> you know, I've discovered that my son is at an age where he's really curious about the human body. Okay. And I've really got to do something with that. <laughs> <laughs> Lime, they say, works well. <laughs> and pigs. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're off to a dark start. Dark, dark. Yeah, dark chocolate and molasses. That's yes. right. There you go. Uh, what did you learn this week? I learned, boy, I learned a lot of things. Uh, I learned about red hydrogen. Okay, I do, I do not know what red hydrogen is. So red hydrogen, so I guess it turns out we are in a technological race to replace fossil fuels, which apparently is happening, you know, like just get used to the idea because it's happening eventually. Yeah. Um, so battery technology for things like EVs. Yeah. Uh, but even the best electric vehicles, there's still areas of our, our society where we know um, there's limits to what electric motors can do. Right. And so the other branch, if you will, is hydrogen technology which a lot of car companies like Toyota apparently has been, they've been investing some in electric vehicles, but they're apparently really banking on hydrogen. Really? Yeah. One of the big problems, of course, with what they call, uh, there's something they call green hydrogen, uh, and then there's regular hydrogen, is the old adage of, do you have to put more energy into producing hydrogen? And right. is it then fossil fuels or coal? or, And so this is one of the big detractors of hydrogen. I just watched a video yesterday the Japanese have developed a new nuclear process. Now it's still fission, but a new reactor. In fact, very few people know that Fukushima is back online apparently. So I think the I Japanese had been leading the charge with nuclear till yeah. they had that tsunami. And then they kind of went away from nuclear because, you know, 
a, a near meltdown will do that to you uh, and temporarily switch back to coal. And But apparently they've developed new technology. Right. Uh, I can't remember the exact term, but they've solved some significant problems. And one of the byproducts of this new uh, reactor is abundant um, hydrogen. And they call it a particular kind. They call it red hydrogen. Hmm. And it, and it, they, so it's, it's a byproduct and they can produce it in huge quantities. So now apparently Japan is looking at reinstating nuclear big time. <clears throat> and they think they've solved the, the, the production of hydrogen because you don't necessarily have to burn anything. It just comes out of this process. You're creating power with the nuclear reactor and at the same time getting abundant hydrogen. Well, hydrogen is kind of an interesting um, technology primarily because the combustion process of hydrogen just produces water. Exactly. It doesn't produce anything else. So you can use it in, in, in shipping, uh, heavy machinery. But there's um, also the flip side of hydrogen is that it's not particularly energy dense. Right. So, uh, and you can't compress it. You can't, well, you can compress it, but you cannot make it into a liquid. Right. Because uh, liquid hydrogen is, uh, well, it's it's impossible to, to do. So basically you have, if you have it in a vehicle, you have a bomb on wheels. Right. And there was something about, and I'll rewatch the video, but there's something about this red hydrogen that I think has more in energy density to it. Mm, like there's, it's not just the production, but there's something about the chemical uh, composition that makes it like, like, like game changing. Oh, wow. And as they say, as the Japanese go with nuclear, so does the world. So uh, it's one to watch. And, and they're saying it, it will be, potentially the the stepping stone to fusion because we're still heading towards that you know perpetually 50 years out but if we can master this and and mass produce it then it gets us off fossil fuels and yes we'll be producing some nuclear waste but that would be a let's say a 50 or 100 year period until we get to fusion and then we really solve the problem yeah you and i'll be uploaded into a ai by then so you know yeah yeah it's so, uh well we'll talk about a t tv show that i've been watching oh. which is like very oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um so um difficult to talk about things that happened in the last week without talking about twitter i've discovered two things one is i watch too much twitter and um twitter is entertaining it's like watching a car wreck right <laughs> uh, elon uh, elon for all his faults and he has clearly got a lot of them that's right um can be a very funny guy at times and uh he has i mean he like this is this is kind of like business 101 how not to to reinvent a company fire half of the the staff without telling them you know he, he they the they were sending memes that uh, like time to get out of the nest you're fired right with a picture of uh, elon like that was the email that was used to fire people. really yeah this was not like somebody no. joking around well in fact the people wow. who were receiving it thought it was a joke uh, okay. and because uh, i heard about this 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 cruel approach of tomorrow because what did they do they shut down everybody's access all their access cards were were this everybody no and then it was a 9 a.m email and if you were sticking oh, no, around, it was it was uh, it was even more chaotic than that. So um, that that was, I believe, what the plan was. Oh, okay. 
And what actually happened was, and, and the major firing happened on Friday, last Friday. Oh, so that's right. That's we're right. Recording it was Friday. It on a yes. Tuesday, which yes. is uh, November 8th. And so it would have been, uh, I think, the 4th. And um, anyway, uh, but what was happening was people were getting um, removed from their access to um, Twitter services, Twitter emails, yeah. uh, work accounts live so there was one guy he's on like a zoom call and all of a sudden he's gone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh he can't log back in and he hasn't been told that he's fired but <laughs> he knows he's fired <clears throat> yeah and uh, it was a fairly critical uh there, there were several people who were were booted out of uh corporate services mid um mid meetings like it just called into a meeting just started participating and gone. Yeah. And um, so there's very little communication internal. <laughs> um, I've been listening to... Uh, well, this, hap this happened a few months ago. There was another company that they did the same thing. And I can't remember the name now, but the, the CEO had fired a bunch of people on a, on a Zoom call. Yeah. And then he was totally lambasted for that. It's this much smaller company. And then he came back and then he did the same thing where he laid off a bunch more people and it was the same thing. People found out mid and some of them were customer service, uh, you know, representatives who were in the middle of helping a client through some technical issue. And then their screen just went like blank. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of, what is going on? Kind of what happened. So what was supposed to happen <laughs> was people were supposed to go home and they were going to get an email at, like 9 a.m. or whatever. Right. And if it went to their personal email, they were fired. Yes. If it went to their corporate email, they were... But what happened was <laughs> before that, people were getting punted out of all of the, uh, the corporate emails. So then people were going like, I think I've been fired. That's right. So um, so if you don't check your email, are you Schrodinger's uh, Twitter employee? You're neither fired nor, nor unfired? Exactly. Until and, you check it? And um, Unbelievable. And the plan was apparently had a crew of people and they were working insane hours to, to deliver by uh, Monday, November 7th, which was yesterday, yesterday, right. Um, a new program for the, the blue check for, uh, right. Eight bucks a, a, a month, a month. Right. Uh, right. I, I don't think it was delivered. <laughs> oh, I, I have not seen anything indicating that it actually happened. Well, you know. I think Stephen King said it quite succinctly. It's like it's like these other platforms. Uh, so Bo the Fifth was talking about this. Every other platform has figured out that you can't do this, yeah. right? They've tried subscription models and it doesn't work. You need to. It's all about content, and so you're you you know like you said, other platforms pay their content creators. Here Elon comes and he wants the content creators to pay. So well, and, Stephen and, King said, you know, they should be paying me, right? I'm well, not paying $8 a month. And apparently, Get out of here. apparently there's a couple of key things. Um, I mean, it's a big, complicated system, and they just got rid of half the people who actually know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, uh, classic. The, um, the other thing is, uh, well, if, if, you, if you look at it from, like, I, I think what's going to happen is, He's going to break it. It's going to look quite different in four months. I don't think it's going to tank. Uh, and in fact, apparently, Twitter use is like off the charts. People are like on Twitter yeah, watching, trying to but see. So is, it's like watching a train wreck. Yeah, but so is the, the use of certain words that 
up until now had been been banned banned well and uh, so is it going to be become this is it going to become the new parlay where it's just like you go on there and it's like well so so shower so there's a well there's um there's a local photographer that i follow she kind of does risque stuff um um and um she often tweets stuff that like is, what like she doesn't put a lens cap on her camera when she's no she's always very sexy stuff. oh okay but but she is local and she's quite a good photographer but she also posts and reposts like all of this um uh porn stuff oh really and it's often that you're you're i'm look you know if you look at it you'll see account suspended of course you suspended. follow this person for professional reasons yeah and uh, <laughs> look at that lighting. Wow, that's well done. Well, good stuff. I've actually met her once and uh, in, 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 in real life. And right. uh, not a sponsor. No. And uh, but it, but uh, so usually you see these things account suspended all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she would, you know, it would be there and then it would be gone. Right. Right. All of those are back. So Interesting. all the porn stuff is back is back so all of those accounts suspended are now they're back so i it'll be interesting to see what plays out because like I don't, uh, somebody had to make a decision to do that because right. they were suspended they now have to get unsuspended yeah. and so if you fired all the people like somebody's taking an extra effort to go and unsuspend, unsuspend. Now, who knows how their algorithm works though right uh and I'm, it would only a matter of time before trump's back on there yeah, I think March uh, November fifteenth. He's supposed to be making a big announcement. Oh, a big he made announcement. a big announcement today that he's got a big announcement on November fifteenth. Yeah. Maybe Merrick Garland will be making a big announcement before <laughs> on the on November fourteenth. Yeah, indictments or... are dropping. Yeah, boom. So I guess it all depends what happens today with their midterms. Yeah, and when we're going to find that out. You know, it's so dark. It's well, so, 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 so Twitter, <laughs> the thing about Twitter is I think, uh, I mean, it, uh, there was lots of indication that it wasn't great how it was managed. So it definitely right. needed some stuff, but this is not, this is like cutting off your arm because you scraped your knee. This is right. Right. This and is right. Uh, there, are, so it is, you know, this, it could kill Twitter. It could. Um, Isn't this akin to like, wasn't it only fans like a couple of months back that yeah. said they were going to born ban all kind of pornography or adult material. And then, well, people, no, it was very quickly. They realized that's our whole business model. What the hell are you doing? Well, yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that is correct. That is what only a fan was going to do. And only fans a little sketchy. And I think it's run, owned by Russian Russia. So there's some real money. Issues. I, but the, but the, the similar thing is Tumblr, Tumblr, they're, the big thing about Tumblr was Tumblr had all this porn stuff. Right. And basically they were having troubles with MasterCard and Visa did not want to have anything to do with Tumblr because of this porn. Sure. So Tumblr said, okay, no more porn. And like Tumblr basically disappeared. It's right. Like their big, their big cash cow is uh, gone. Yeah. So anyway. You know, it's so... Well, I guess it's nothing new, but I've been seeing a lot of stories pop up. Women who said, oh, yeah, I used to be a, I was a school teacher or I was a lawyer or some, and now I've quit all that and I'm on OnlyFans and now I'm like a millionaire. And I'm just like, that is so pathetic. 
not not for these people i think hey if you can pull that off you know good on you but this is where our society has gotten to people well, spending millions of dollars on that but you cannot unbelievable it, it's like a a hockey player okay and you're going like what the hell is he talking about hockey Hockey players have careers that are short, oh, yeah. but very lucrative. Right. It's called uh, economic rent, right? Yeah. Like you, yes. You basic, so um, you may be able to get, uh, to, to, to do the OnlyFans for a while and make a bunch of money, but what are you going to do in five years? Oh, again, and I, hey, I got no problem with, if somebody can pull that off and they're willing to do it and make, make much money, good on you. I don't think it's... There's nothing deceptive, you know, of no, all the no. things that, but I just find it's a, it's a commentary on our, our society in general that, and this isn't like one person that's pulling this off. Oh, There's like tons of people. Oh, well, porn, I think and is probably the, the number one source of revenue on the internet. Right? Probably. Well, it probably has been since day one. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I think that, uh, the, 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 the comment about OnlyFans, I mean, it's not just porn, right? It's these people who are like Instagram influencers. Right. Or have influenced lifestyle or, you know, oh, it, that that platform changes and you're yeah. screwed. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're young right. and with it right now. But what happens in five years where you're yesterday's breakfast? That's right. Like you're not that appealing anymore. That's true. Your, your color's a little off. <laughs> Flavors. <laughs> food is a little cold. There's always a new kid in town. Exactly. Exactly. So... Yes. So um, beyond Twitter, which is fascinating, and we could probably talk about it, but you know the thing is, is that Twitter, what, what I've discovered in watching stuff with Twitter, the stuff is happening so fast. Right. That um, so uh, I was listening to a brand new episode, a podcast called Hard Fork. Hard Fork. Which is uh, from the New York Times. Okay. It's a tech. Uh, tech podcast so mm. they just dropped it on friday and look out pivot right well it's different it's <laughs> okay it's just tech okay and um so they interviewed two twitter employees who were employed as of wednesday last week <laughs> so who knows where they're at that's now. right uh actually it was quite interesting to, to get around the voice thing you know you in the old days you had all these things where they changed your voice oh sure so these were high. people they're actual anonymous actual twitter employees that okay. they wanted to remain anonymous so what they did is they um they had um so they did the interview and then they took the the, the voice from the person they had it auto transcribed and then they had ai read the Interesting. The, read the thing. So the voice is definitely not theirs. You right. can't tell because they're not even reading it. So you can't tell from inflection. Sure. Or anything like that. Interesting. So it would have been funny if they'd uh, made it sound like Elon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So the other thing I learned about was grinders. So, grinders. <laughs> Not the website. No, no, this is a (laughs) coffee grinder. I never, I didn't figure you for a grinder guy, Mark. So, I mean, I've, (laughs) I've been liking my coffee a lot and uh, I wanted to get a grinder that was a little more portable. I have this very good grinder that's uh, called a a Comandante, which is it's a fancy grinder. It's, it's one of the first of the style of hand grinding that you can get so basically precision grind 
to, right. to get uh, consistency. Uh, but the thing I struggle with as well with my commandant is kind of, I don't know how fine the grind should look like. Ah, interesting. So anyway, I found uh, this other um, this other brand. I went to a local coffee roaster, uh, Rogue Wave, not a sponsor, um, and uh, they uh, they have one called uh, One Espresso. One's it's One's Espresso, I think so. Anyway, it's it's One Z Espresso. Okay. And uh, however you want to pronounce that. And um, anyway, it, it's kind of cool because it's got like the settings and then it gives you recommendations on for this type of coffee. This is the range. Yep. So it's very, very precise. And man, does it ever feel like solid. Yeah. Um, yep. But it comes with a carrying case, which is going to be great for my camper, which is part of, because basically I bring the coffee grinder back and forth and to the studio and I use it at home. Now I can... I have a I have one that will sit in my camper. Okay, awesome. uh, but uh, man, the 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 difference in the grind makes to the flavor is surprising. Um, it really is. I mean, th this is this is really quite nice. It's coffee. very nice, yeah. And um, I, I can tell that it's it clearly. And what's interesting about it because we're doing a Chemex pour over mm -hmm. is that uh, it's way coarser than I thought it should be. Mm, interesting. So when I was doing it with the El Comand the Comandante, I think, uh, not the El Comandante, that's that's Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> the Comandante, I think I have it set to fine. Okay. So um, anyway, so I'm, I'm going to probably adjust that. But there you go. So I learned all about grinders. And that's awesome. kinds of grinders. So way too much information. Also, I fixed my coffee machine. Oh, good for you. So I have a, a rocket, an espresso, uh, a fancy espresso machine. Oh, yes, and, yes. And it, it was, was making a it noise. Was hissing. Hissing, right. So I, 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 I went and I took the whole thing apart. Um, I didn't take it all apart, but I took it, I opened it all up, and I'm looking and I go like, okay, the hissing is coming from this thing, which was a, a vacuum relief valve, and it shouldn't be hissing all the time. Mm. So... I did my usual YouTube research and discovered that I just need to remove this and I need to get it apart. So I went to the, the place I bought the, the, the rocket from. And yeah. It's really weird because I go like, I need this part. I said, oh, you need to order that online. Okay. Can you help me order it online? So he helped me order it online. And then I paid for it online. And then, then he says, okay, I got the order. I can get it for you now. And it was just like, why didn't you just like take my money? <laughs> you had to order it online from him. <laughs> well, yeah, he's the guy who fulfills the order. And I'm going, like, how do I know it was this part and not this part? And he says, oh, it's the, definitely that part. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, well, I'm whatever. Going, anyway, cost me well, like, cost you, me thirty bucks. You got your part. Myself, you fixed it, and it works. Nice. Works like a charm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so that's an, so. Topic of the day. How was Maui? Oh, fourth time there. Wonderful. Fourth time. Fourth Have time you always there. gone to the same area or you went a different area? Well, the first time was 20 some odd years ago, like oh, almost wow. 30 years ago. So no, I would have stayed with a friend in a different part. But yeah, because we have a timeshare, we've stayed at the same resort. In fact, we're pretty sure we were in the same room this time that we were four years ago, the exact same room, given where it was in the hotel and the, the view off the balcony. But it was phenomenal. <laughs> um 
so because we've been there several times now and coming out of COVID and all that, we, it was a bit of a different trip. We didn't do all of the same touristy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time you go, I don't know if, if this is common, but for us, we were almost a manic approach, right? Like filling every day with stuff and uh, we're only here for a week. Let's get as much done as possible. Very different approach this time. I mean, still did some stuff, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful place. And, um, uh, so what we did, we, the highlights, I guess we did Halloween night in you see Lahaina. lots of whales? Were there lots of whales? Uh, no whales. It's not whale season. When is whale season? That's coming up. Okay. I thought yeah. it started in October. No, no. Um, it, that might be the early part of it, but okay. we didn't see. Saw a lot of turtles. Oh. Hanu. Hanu, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Halloween in Lahaina on Monday night was excellent although apparently in in years past they would actually block off the main uh, it's called front street and it'd be like twenty thousand people they call it the mardi gras of the pacific (laughs) wasn't quite that well attended this year because they didn't block off the street but people it didn't stop folks from pouring into the streets so that was very cool uh went on a helicopter ride which was a bucket list uh thing of mine uh onto it's amazing how much of like Maui has 160,000 people living on it with without the tourists. And yet there's vast parts of it that are totally inaccessible. Yeah. And then Molokai, which is the island adjacent to it, only has 7,000 people. And even more parts of it that are just absolutely, you cannot just physically go there. Isn't like it these, privately owned or something? Uh, no. Or no. a big chunk of it is? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I didn't mention that. Um, there, there, uh, there think, is one island I think that is more privately. There's, there's Nihei, which is off yeah. of, uh, off Kauai. That is entirely privately. Yeah. Owned. Okay. Maybe yeah, Molokai is huge. Yeah. It's no. just, uh, it's just very hard. There used to be a leper colony that. Yeah. I knew it was a leper colony. Yeah. Is, and then most people live along the coast. I thought, but, uh, thought that, uh, what's the name of the guy who owns Oracle, Oracle, uh, Oh, uh, Larry Ellison. Yeah, he yeah. owns an island that thought it's either yeah. part of Molokai or. It's oh, really? Next well, our, to our helicopter guy didn't. If he owns part of Molokai, he owns a lot of nothing because there's there's not much there. You know, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, so our helicopter pilot was an ex-military guy, so that was very cool. Oh yeah. Lots of time on the beach, and then and then we got into some history of. Um, so we went on a ghost tour. Because, of course, my sons and I are, are big fans of supernatural stuff. And my wife is not, but she's a big fan of history. And this turned out to be the perfect mix. So uh, American Ghost Tours, if you're on Maui, worth the, worth the, uh, uh, worth the cost. Uh, Captain Wally was our guy, not a sponsor. <laughs> and uh, he used to be the, uh, the captain of a, four, of a four-rigger ship, like a reproduction of an old uh, sailing ship. And they sank the thing. Uh, they, they bought it out from under the historical society and they sank it. And the guy is clearly heartbroken about having lost about 11 years ago. They scuttled his ship and it's 100 feet down. And he actually said he plans on uh, his friends are going to smuggle his remains onto the ship when he dies. But very knowledgeable about the the history of Hawaii Um you know, again, it's a story of, of colonialism and uh, the Protestant church coming in and, and, uh, but this was a fascinating thing. Unlike here in Canada, um, the Hawaiian language up until the, uh, missionaries was 
a, a oral history only, right? There was no written form of the Hawaiian language. Yeah. But a Protestant minister came in and created basically a written language. And like the tour guide was saying, the Hawaiians immediately took to this and they produced thousands and thousands of documents about their history. And it's all been recorded. Uh, but then after that, it was then, you know, political things shifted. It became illegal to teach Hawaiian for a very long period of time. So the language almost died. But now they have um, reinstated Hawaiian in schools. And like this guy was saying, there's a whole generation of young Hawaiians who are now uh, have learned the language and how to read. And they're going to be able to access this this trove of historical cool. cultural record and so they're predicting a resurgence of the Hawaiian culture. Uh, because of this. So. Almost to the point where the guy was intimating that they're the last state in. They might be the first state out. Oh, you know? yeah. I, uh, could, I, could, I, I could see if there is a, if there is a civil <laughs> war or something. Like so, um, But yeah, it was just wonderful. Wonder, you know, every day was beautiful weather. It was great. So uh, I'm close. Okay. So if you're on Maui... That's Maui. Yep. The one that looks like a, the head of a woman. The one immediately north is Molokai. Yep. The one that's immediately opposite is called Lanai, and that is owned by Larry Ellison. Okay. He owns 98% of the island. Interesting. And it's huge. Yeah. But there's like, not very many people live on it. It's about 3,000. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it says it's not. So the the 2% that is not owned by him yeah. is owned by individuals and, right. uh, and the state. But, uh, yeah, it does not have very many people. No, no. So. And then there's one island, and I forgot the name of it, that is in, has been up until recently inhabitable because uh, the U.S. Navy, around the time of the Second World War, even probably before, used it as a um, firing range for decades, right? Oh, yeah, and yeah. There was so much ordnance, and apparently that's all been cleaned up now. Oh, really? And Yeah. Um, well, apparently, even and so, they're even, trying to. But one of the things they they detonated. Part of the reason it's unlivable. They detonated four hundred tons of TNT. They were experimenting with something, and apparently, it's totally uh, destroyed the water table. And so, there's big parts of the island that no no longer have fresh water. So, what they've done now is they've cleaned up all the ordnance, and they're apparently working on a project to restore um, fresh water. Yeah. And eventually, they want to reclaim the island so that people can live there again. I thought that was pretty awesome. Well, that's it's not that. a very big one. No, I had heard about that, and I heard that apparently that's a part of the problem with parts of the southern of southern Maui. So, like at the very bottom, there's there's military. There were former military mm -hmm. ranges, so that they've they've yeah they've uh, blown up. So uh, Lanai has a um, a census uh, from 2020 of uh, just under. 3,400 people. Okay, yeah. So, so it's really small. Yeah, it's small. But it yeah. is uh, yeah. the sixth largest Hawaiian island. Yeah. So anyway. So we did, you know, we, there's some stuff that we didn't do that we had done in the past. We've been to Haleakala, which is the, the, the volcano. We didn't go to the volcano. Not this time. We've done it now. And, and then we didn't go to Hana, to Hana. So the road to Hana is this famous... Hannah, very yeah. twisty that's right, that's right. 52 mile road. Yeah, I've never done that. We did the road from uh, Kanapali over to Kaalui, which is very similar. But so my wife and I just took off, we left the kids at the hotel and we we're going to go for this short drive. 
And then you know how it is, right? Oh, yeah. Like, let's go a little further. And all of a sudden, it, it gets down to like one lane. Yeah. And it gets down to like le- less than one lane. Yes. And a, like a, a sharp drop. And so we, we got to this turnaround point, And uh, my wife was like, well, let's go back. You now, know, did, they, than, did they have like a food around. truck at the turnaround point? They did. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so I started heading back. And we did about 100 feet. And then the guy's coming up towards us. And then I had to back up. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Let's go around the long way. The long way, which was phenomenal. Yeah, no, uh, I, just some beautiful. I've done, uh, I've, oh, done yeah. <laughs> I've done that trip. What was interesting about that when we did it was we planned to do this, and we were there with uh, the Wold family. Oh yeah, and uh, they said, "Well, we'll just follow you." So the catch is, and you will have experienced this. I mean, this is a twisty, turny kind of narrow. A little bit terrifying yep. drive for mm-hmm. parts of it, particularly the one one direction thing. That's right. Right. Um, they're a family that is easily motion sick. Oh dear. So they're like, where the hell are they taking it? <laughs> my, my wife is just like, oh my God, they're never going to talk to us again. Yeah. And they're just like. <laughs> That's hilarious. I went to Hannah again 30 years ago, plus or almost 30 years. We did the road to Hannah. And uh, at that time, I'm sure it's changed. I'm sure it's changed. It was wild because we were going, it was two single guys and we had a rental car and we were going pretty fast. And I remember there was, <laughs> there was a Mustang that was chasing us right up our butt. And so we drove the road to Hannah probably faster than you should. Yeah. Some of those corners were, and we got to Hannah and it was all about the seven sacred pools. And there's a sign that says there's no sacred, seven sacred pools. It's just, really? just a tourist thing. Oh, dude. sorry. Um, so we didn't do that, but we did, um, you know, lots of time on the beach. Uh, like I said, learning about the history, the ghost tour. It was just wonderful. Just wonderful. So, uh, so again, you were based out of which one? Lahai? Uh, Lahai? Well, we're on Kanapali Beach, okay. which is uh, north, the north of... So in west, uh, west Maui. Right. Even though it's not really west. They That's call it, right. They call it West yeah. Maui, but it's, yeah. it's really more. And Lahaina Maui. used to be the used to be the capital of the Hawaiian Islands, and this was part of the history we learned that that there used to be a little lake, and when uh, Kamehameha, who was the king who who brought all of the islands together, like basically yeah. unified all of Hawaii, had built his royal palace right there in uh, uh, Lahaina on a little island in the middle of this little lake. And apparently what happened is, you know, classic story, settlers, or I guess it would have been whalers, whatnot, came and they they brought mosquitoes to the island. And so this thing became this this mosquito-infested swamp, which eventually they filled in, and then they relocated, you know, the palace. And ultimately when it became a state, or maybe even before they moved the capital to Oahu... Yeah. Um, Honolulu, but they want to now. There's a society that wants to, and then they paved over it and they made it a a sporting field, like a parking lot. No, no, like they made it a big a big sporting field, which is still lot? which is still there. You can see the ruins of it. But apparently, it's haunted by this priestess who, uh, <laughs> and low, so the guy who was giving us the tour said he remembers stories of people playing baseball and weird shit would happen. Like you'd be running for second base and then out of nowhere you'd trip. <laughs> and you'd swear that something tripped you. And they, they, they claim it's this priestess who um, is not too happy with, you know, what they did. So it's sacred ground. Uh, we couldn't go on. Uh, it's all fenced off now. There's a shrine. 
but apparently they want to restore it to um to its sporting greatness. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we saw artist renderings of it. You know, phenomenal, right? So it was just it was very cool, and I mean, met lots of great people, a lot of Canadians, uh, a lot of Albertans actually. Oh really. Uh, which I tried to tend to avoid because I was like, I'm on vacation. I don't want, I want to I don't meet want people. Be thinking about it. I want to meet people from other places. Uh, pricey, more expensive than, I mean, I think with inflation, particularly meat, like everything else was well, everything reasonable, is, except every, booze. Booze, deadly cheap. <laughs> meat in uh, Hawaii, I think most of it has, or a significant chunk of it is imported from the mainland. Yeah. So, um, so as a result, it's it's pretty hard. They do have uh, there is a lot of agriculture. They, oh, yeah. they we saw the the ranches, you know. So they have cattle that they raise. Mm-hmm. Probably not enough to to, no, to supply all of the meat enough. needs. And uh, the other thing we didn't again we've done in the past, you know, the boat tours and but we just we avoided all that this time, nice. uh, except a little bit of surfing, uh, which is always a good time. The weather is amazing. And uh, and that helicopter tour, right? Yeah. So it was nice. Helicopters. Yeah. Uh, I've not. Uh, I don't think I took a helicopter in, on Maui. I've taken a helicopter twice or three times on. Um, I've taken it twice on the Big Island, and two or three times on Kauai, and uh, oh, it's just spectacular. I, I w- went once. We went with the doors off. Oh, so it was nice. A photography. T- so you have to be super right. careful because if you stick anything. Beyond where the imaginary door would be, uh huh, um, it will go. Oh, it'll be gone. It'll like blow away. It'll it'll be yeah. It'll, it, yeah. The force will because you're moving. So if you stick your yeah. stick your camera out there, and your camera is gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to be careful when they have the doors off. You can't have anything in your pockets because it'll suck everything out of your pockets. Oh, interesting. So uh, yeah, so it was, and you know, at times we got wet. Right. Um, so most of the, um, helicopter operators don't want to fly with the doors right. off. They kept our doors closed, but it was an option, but the pilot apparently decided probably not to do it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. and it, it's, it's really more for photographers because if you're taking photos through the glass, yes. it's kind of bluish. And if you, and you might be wearing like, uh, uh, a Hawaiian uh, shirt, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. No, I was thinking like a yellow, uh, inflatable. Oh uh, rescue yeah. Vest. No, we had ours on our belt, yeah. but they did recommend wear dark, uh, clothing yeah, so because that you can soon, take the photos. You'll get you, a better, if you take, take it and you have anything bright, yeah. you will see it and reflect it yeah. unless you put your camera right up against the glass and you have to be careful with, you know, it's different if you're using your phone because of the way your phone takes photos, but, uh, but like regular cameras, uh, the vibration is super high. So mm. you have to, you have to, you have to take a very uh, high shutter speed in order right. to be able to take a photo. Otherwise it's all a little blurry. A little bit blurry yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I actually thought about you quite a bit cause there's a lot of photographers, mm-hmm. uh, who have studios in Hawaii. Yeah, of course. And, uh, we went to one, you know, beautiful stuff, but Holy smokes. Like, you know, so I think he's doing mounted on, on like steel plate. Yeah. Uh, but bright, vibrant colors, you know, yeah. like used to do some stuff that's a little bit more like a, uh, what's a sepia. Yeah. This yeah. was like full color and then it's, it's covered with some kind of acrylic or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it's like 4,600 bucks for these fairly large size. Yeah. Right. But I'm thinking like, holy smokes, how that, that's, then you got to ship the thing home. Yeah. Well, you know? and shipping it costs you money too. I know. But I thought, why does Mark live here? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to live there. Yeah. 
but uh, even if it was six months of the year at a time yeah yeah it uh, especially it. You, uh, especially call looking Wyland, at because he's got a whole bunch of people in his studio that are exactly. that are like guest folks you know Ryland Wyland Wyland yeah he's famous he is famous yeah he's the one with the whales yes murals all over uh, the North Pacific uh, used to be one in Victoria mm-hmm. yeah so it's got quite a nice studio. Yeah, there's uh, there's photographers who are very good photographers. There's photographers that are very good business people, and often they're not necessarily That's the right. same. Like there's a guy, uh, the the most expensive uh, photograph ever purchased oh, yeah? was purchased from a guy named Peter Lick. Okay, and, what was uh, it a photograph of? Uh, it is uh, some sand wafting in uh, uh, an image of uh, you know Antelope Can- Canyon. No. Um, Antelope Canyon is this, well, it's a place that's very small, but it's in the southern U.S., um, Utah, I think. Okay. Or Nevada. And it's these super red, vibrant colors, and it looks like a ghost is the, the way this. Interesting. Anyway, um, but he is a, <laughs> a consummate, uh, like he's a, oh, he's a pretty good photographer. Right. But he is a really good business guy and really good at extracting money out of his clients. Yes. So there's some question about how much he actually got for it, but it's a private sale. So yeah. is it like a one-off? There's no, there's no prints of it kind of thing. Well, so he, like the Wu Tang clans, I don't know. one press of their album. I know that deal. it's yeah. uh, Peter Lick. I'll, I'll put a, cl- a yeah. link on it on Facebook, but uh, it's uh, he, he is, uh, he's a bit, of, he's got a bit of a reputation. Interesting. As being a bit of a rebel and doing things his own way. Right. A little, maybe a little bit unscrupulous. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, for some reason, this reminds me, last time we were in Vegas, there was a, speaking of, you know, wild art, we, there was a, a art gallery yeah, yeah. in one of the casinos. Mm-hmm. might have been Caesar's Palace. I can't remember. But they had two things that I remember. They had a um, Marilyn Monroe by... Uh, What's his name? Um, the guy who did the soup cans, whose name escapes Andy me. Warhol. Andy Warhol. And there was like 13 of these things. Yep. And so it was like 2 million bucks for the 13, if you, bu- if you bought all 13. And I think they would sell them individually, but the price was so crazy. Obviously, they didn't want to break up the set. But I remember there was a Salvador Dali painting, and it was only 200 grand. But the thing was like 40 feet by 12 feet, and they had it displayed. And the guy said, yeah, it's been here for decades because like, you, you can't. Nobody has the room to to, to display this thing. Yeah, right? exactly. It was just this, apparently he had done it as an outdoor promotional thing, you know, years ago. Um, but there it is. But it's like forty by twelve, two hundred grand. You could well, and, and Dali. at Caesar's Palace, they also had a um, National Geographic. There, there would be a. Uh, there was a, there used to be these studios, these galleries. You go National Geographic. You could buy these large uh, prints. Okay. Um, uh, they're chromogenic prints, mm-hmm. which means they were kind of, they were done in the old style of not like an inkjet printer or, right. you know, or modern technology. It's kind of the old, older style. Right. They look amazing. Um, you could buy. Would that be actually like the, the photographic paper where you would use exactly. the chemical process, yep. but on a, a huge on scale? On a huge scale. Right. And it would be done, uh, and uh, it would be images from National Geographic. Interesting. From so um, 
Anyway, all those galleries have now closed. Okay. Because there's some big legal dispute between National Geographic and the operator of those galleries. Oh wow. So yeah. So anyway, when you, I thought yeah. when, I thought you, that might be what you were going to be talking about. No, when no, we talked no. about with the, see, because Caesar's Palace has got had one of them. So, okay. So. Uh, but anyhow, I, you know, it was a wonderful time to get away. Um, yeah, it's 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 a magical place. It uh, is a magical place, and it's easy to forget when you're not there. Yeah, what how magical it is. Um, the real problem with Hawaii is pretty simple. It's an island in the middle of the Pacific. Right. It's far from everything. Yeah. And they have to import a lot. That's right. Oh, we we found a great pizza place. Oh. Shout out to Prince Prison Street Pizza. Prison Street Prison pizza. Street Pizza. That doesn't sound very good. And uh, it's Pizza by the Slice. So, in fact, I think we went there. We were Designed there for, to fit through the bars? We were there eight days. <laughs> I think we went there five times. Oh, at nice. The, at the, uh, mostly at the insistence of our of our younger son. Oh, nice. Right? But the first time we went, this is kind of funny, it was on Halloween night. He needed to use the bathroom. And it was late, and we're looking for a place, and we popped in. And uh, they were, like, super... Super busy. Super nice. No, okay. no, no. It was close to closing time. Like, yeah, sure. No problem. Right. So uh, I think we just bought drinks. And then the kids were like, let's go back and try this pizza. So the next day we went back, they remembered us. Bought the, and then we kept showing up like every second day or so until the, uh, and it was always the same staff. And they're like, hey, how are you doing? So Isaac gets into his head that he wants to work, you know, move there and work at Prison Street Pizza because he's already a regular. And honestly, I got to say, given how, how many people you meet from different places and that are not originally from Hawaii probably could pull it off without too much difficulty, you know? Yeah. The real question is <laughs> how difficult it would be to emigrate to Hawaii. But, uh, like, you know, people emigrate from countries all the time from one country to yeah. another country. We met a waiter, uh, who was a chef in Spain, young guy, nine years of studying to be a chef in Spain. Uh, cause I could tell he had an accent and I wasn't sure if he, he might be from Brazil you know, which would have obviously been Portuguese. So I finally said, you know, do you mind if I ask you where you're originally from? Because I'm from Spain. I studied to be a chef, worked as a chef and decided I don't want to be a chef. So he just moved there about nine months ago and uh, started off as, uh, no, I guess a year, but it took him eight months to learn English. And now he's managing uh, the restaurant at this hotel where he's working. Nice. He's like, yeah, the owners don't even come anymore. They just let me run the place. Oh, that's good. So that was cool. But so, yeah, so there are people from all over the world, obviously, who do immigrate. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really I don't know how tough it process. would be. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, what media are you consuming? Any? Uh, got back to reading, uh, to watching Andor. Oh, yeah? I think episode five yesterday. So I'm a little behind, okay, but okay. it's good. And I've been reading Zen and the Art of motor, Motorcycle Maintenance. So in Andor, did they do the heist yet or no? No, just okay. before that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which has been on my bookshelf for about 10 years. Okay. It's a seminal book on, it's, it's actually called, uh, the subtitle is An Exploration of Values. It is a phenomenal book. It's so timely in terms of, you know, the, the funny thing how things uh, will coalesce. So I'm reading this book, and part of it is about technology and sort of the dehumanization of technology. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about fixing your coffee machine, yeah, I was going to say, did you did you sculpt it? You know, because there's this idea that for most of us, we we are 
separated from technology. Mm. But in reality, if you take your time, so he's talking about motorcycle maintenance, it's an exploratory, like you can use the manual or you can get in there and, and kind of feel your way through it. And as you become more cognizant, it's almost like there's a, a symbiosis with the machine that mm-hmm. most of us don't have anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I could totally, uh, I could totally get yeah. that. I mean, I've always been a person who needs to know how things work. Right. And, uh, so it's been funny cause in general for my camper, I know how most of it works, but there's some of the guts inside that I have not spent the time trying to figure right. out. So like, like I should winterize the camper myself. I actually have been taking it to the, the, the dealer to sure. get it winterized and checked out but yeah it um, anything with rvs yep if you spend any time with rvs they break down and you need to be able to fix it yep especially if it's an all-in-one rv like yours yeah uh, you need to fix everything yeah and that may or may not be your jam yeah exactly but uh that's a big part of rvs so i'm about halfway through the book and um is it a big book Hmm? Is it a fairly thick book? It's about 500 pages. Okay, so that's yeah. pretty substantial. So uh, it's it's quite, and I mean, I'd heard about it for years, right? It, it was, I've heard it of came it out too. in the 60s and it oh, was, wow. uh, <clears throat> no, sorry, I guess it would have come out in the early 70s. And, you know, people raved about it for decades. So I bought a copy of it years ago. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a believer that things come in their own time. So as I was leaving, trying to figure out what book I was going to take, I just happened to grab it off the shelf and it was just like the, the perfect book for, for where I'm at. And it's just like, man, this is really cool. And then I saw David Bowie being interviewed in like 1999 about the internet. Oh yeah. And I saw that stuff. Too. He was talking about very much, very, very, uh, very, uh, future reflecting what's some of the philosophical stuff in his books about. And I'm like, because it talks about Immanuel Kant, and it it's it's pretty deep. It's a it's a deep book, but I'm totally enjoying it. Interesting. Yeah, I've been uh, watching, maybe they'll make a movie about it. I've been watching this TV show. Uh, it's on Prime. It's called The Peripheral. Oh, is this the one with uh, 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 Chloe yes. Moran? Chloe Gra- Grace Grace Moran. Yes, I've heard it's good. Oh, it's shockingly good. It is shockingly terrifying at the okay. same time primarily because it's set in like it's set in uh 2032 okay and 2099 and uh, i'm not giving away anything by by describing this but it uh it it's a it's a william gibson um based on a william gibson novel and it is my my wife had read it some time ago and it sounded really intriguing but the what he, the projection of what society will be like just in 10 years or in uh 80 years is entirely believable and terrifying because okay. it is so believable really yeah it's uh and william gibson ha- has a bit of a reputation for doing books he d- tends to do them in trilogies and uh, um but but he, he's so good at projecting things and it's not so much the technology as much as the cultural approach to mm-hmm. things and uh little ideas for how how uh, things work uh totally believable 
and um and uh, i have to say the 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 so it it's i think we're in the fourth episode or okay. whatever. are they so releasing far? them one at one time? week at a time yeah, on yeah, friday yeah, okay. right um and each each episode is like an hour or so okay. they're pretty long yeah but uh well for a tv show i guess <laughs> and um it's uh like every time I, I i'm totally hooked i mean there's other tv shows that i've been watching i've been watching the the lord of the rings one the the rings of power oh yes and there each episode is like an hour and a half or something oh my God. It's, it's crazy long yeah and I'm just like, you know, get on with it, move the plot along a little. And uh, but now is that a retelling of the story, or is it? No, is no, it's it... totally different. Okay, it's totally new. Yeah. And uh, I, I have no idea where it's going. <laughs> My wife liked it, um, but she watched the whole thing ahead of me, so I, I, she doesn't want to talk about it until after I've seen. It. Okay, so it's done now. But, like all uh, the episodes are out for the but first. But the um, but the peripheral, oh my god! Like yeah. like it's just it's. It's so well done and it's a little terrifying because, well, there's some concepts and there's like a, there's like a time travel aspect to it that mm-hmm. is, uh, it's not even really time travel, but anyway, it's, it, yeah, there's a connection between these two different times and, uh, they explain how it works and, but the technology that they show for, 80 years in the future and for now are totally believable in the okay. context of how our technology has Evolved. advanced. Right. Whereas where you see things like, like I really like the, the expanse and all that stuff. And that has a certain aspect of the technology, but it's a little bit, some of it's a little closer to now. Right. right? In terms right. of like, like the little pads or their little displays sure. and stuff like that. Um, whereas this is way more, a little more, I mean, you consider how fast and furious tech has evolved over the last little while. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. And then there's, there's this. Whole yeah. Thing. I mean, the gaming industry is, is probably the, you take like uh, unreal engine five is coming out. You mm-hmm. see some of the, or I guess they're already using it for, and you see some of the game renderings and you think about, we found an old, uh, was it Galact- Galactica machine, you mm-hmm. know, on Maui and the kids are playing this and it's got Pac-Man and it's like, it's 40 years old, maybe, yeah. maybe 45 years old. But it was but kind now of edges, it's like, that... holy smokes, like we are so close to, you know, and, and with VR helmets and, oh, speaking of VR, did you see there's a thing? Some guys invented a VR helmet that will kill you if you die in the VR game. Oh, great. It's got three points on the front. And if you die in the game, it will obliterate your, your brain. That now, he did it as a bit of a, a joker. Well, sort of social commentary kind of thing. Right. But apparently it's, it's, it's a workable killing machine. Yeah. And he's talking about how, I think the idea was no matter how realistic VR gets, there's still always this in the back of your mind knowledge that it's not, you're not really in danger. Right. So he's like upping the ante, like yeah, I mean, this it- suddenly makes it. Hey, listen, if you, if you, real, and I'm thinking somebody's going to use this thing. That's what the peripheral is about. Oh, okay. The peripheral is so these. Uh, it's about about this poor family in South Carolina, and uh, the the girl, she's she is a gamer. She has to pretend to be a guy because of sexism in gaming. Okay. And uh, but uh, so she is quite a skilled gamer, right? And she's asked to test out this new. Rig. So is it set in in? 
2032. Oh, 2032. So, so okay, 10 years from now. Yeah. Just a little bit in the future. Right. Uh, so the tech is very close to what we have right now, but a little bit future. But there's some right. interesting commentaries on society as a whole. Sure. So I'm uh, definitely going to give it a watch after I'm done with Andor. Oh, yeah. And Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I watched, still... I watched the end of Stranger Things. Yeah. That, that, uh, how, how far are you along? I'm now? still in season three. Yeah. Season. So I just finished season four. And uh, are they doing a fifth season? Yes, okay. very much so. It's clearly that they, clearly Oh, I loved your wife. What what prompted, speaking of Stranger Things, because she had a picture of her as Hopper. What was that all about? She had... <laughs> so, so, so my wife decided... So the, there's been a lot of tumultuousness going on at Lori's, uh, Lori's work. Oh, yes. Not like Twitter, for sure. <laughs> but... And so morale is a bit down. So she felt she, they, they were having a little bit of a costume competition. Okay. So she felt she needed to participate and she decided she wanted to go as Hopper from Stranger Things. We've been watching, but right. Hopper from like the first couple of seasons. Yes. So we dressed like a, like a cop. So, uh, so she and I, we worked on her costume and she went to, to a place called the theater garage uh, with, where so she rented a hat and rented a shirt, and they gave her advice on how to do the 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 do some makeup because she wanted to do a beard. Oh and, yes, and, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. And it was shocking because it was quite a simple technique to do it, and they yeah. had explained it. And so they gave her the makeup, and I'm putting it on. I'm going, oh my god, this looks amazing! Like as I'm applying the makeup, it looked like five o'clock shadow kind yeah, of thing. It was a great and, costume. And so she dressed up as Hopper and it, so it looked amazing and, uh, including, you know, we to give her a bit of a punch and the whole thing. And, um, and two blocks away from our house, um, one of the local neighborhood, uh, families, they, every year at Halloween, they, they do up a theme for their, their house. And this year's theme was, Stranger Things, and each of the people in the family were dressed up as a different character from oh. from Stranger Things. So there was a Joyce, there was an L, there was somebody dressed up as Steve, uh, but uh, nobody was dressed up as Hopper. So Laurie stood out front, and nice. uh, and That's uh, awesome, and, you know, with the with the uh, the uh, the alphabet with the Christmas lights. Yes, I saw that picture. That, I thought was, that was really great. good. So uh, was it successful at the at the office? Then? She won. Yeah. Ah, oh, very, cool. very cool. She won, and it was funny because yeah. she came in. And a couple of her coworkers didn't recognize her. Oh wow! That's, <laughs> so she was that's, like, you know, she was like, she was like, they're going like, who are you, this is, Lori? This is great. Well, that's a successful costume. That was a very. This reminds costume. me of uh, years ago. You, t you talked about rental. We were invited to a Halloween party. I don't think you were there. By one of your previous coworkers. I'm not going to name any names here. And Paulette and I went all out. We went to the theater store and we rented these. 17th century, you know, like royal, like like uh, Louis uh, 16th kind of costume, you know, with the wainscoat and the tricorn hat and the, like the whole nine yards. And Paulette was wearing this Marie Antoinette kind of, of ball gown. And, well, yeah, we look fantastic. We show up at this party. And nobody and, else is dressed up. Well, he invited a bunch of people who didn't know each other. It was the weirdest party. And people are wearing like a hat. 
you know, and so like this cat, TC? cat ears. Is this TC? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Got it. No, no, it's uh, 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 AC. Oh, AC. Okay. Oh, uh, AH. AH. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were just like, oh, okay. What a disaster. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. It was like, a, it was like, it was like a, it's like a junior high party when yeah, everybody yeah. is like, shy and nobody nobody wants to talk to anybody just sat apart and we show up and we're like a party totally full of introverts in these amazing costumes that we paid like 300 bucks to rent or some ridiculous thing so we were like man this was like way over that <laughs> yeah i think i was invited to those uh those parties and i don't i think i went to one once yeah does does he does he listen to the show no okay so i don't want to it, it's fine. It it had that feel of somebody who's read about a party, you know, <laughs> and uh, and goes, these are the things you need for a party. Yeah. And then you show up and it's like the pieces are all kind of there, but there's no. There's no, no heart. It's not put together like, yeah. There's no heart. <laughs> you know. It's got all the features. <laughs> yes. But no heart. Exactly. It's like, uh, it's like, what is it? The Tin Man? If I only had a heart. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, we look great. <laughs> anyway, we should probably wrap this up. We're we're broken an hour again. Oh, so there you go. Holy shit. Anyway, what are you gonna do? All right. Um, Have a great week. Yes. Welcome back. Oh God, yeah. Stay warm. Could put my parka back on and go and. I've already shoveled three times. So yeah, I'm getting exactly. ticked off about I'm getting it your exercise. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, Mark. See ya. Bye.